This week on Tea with the Changemakers, I'm honoured to talk to Kate Lee, the CEO of the Alzheimer's Society, which is a care and research charity for people with dementia and their carers and families. Welcome, Kate. No, thank you for inviting me. The word dementia describes a set of symptoms that over time can affect memory, problem solving, language and behaviour. Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia and I do know a little bit about this because my lovely nan June was a former teacher and a family woman who currently has Alzheimer's and I have seen how progressive and indiscriminate this disease can be. Dementia is not a natural part of ageing, it's caused when a disease damages nerve cells in the brain. So Kate, uh, you head up this wonderful charity that's there to support everyone that's worried about memory loss. But before we dive into the work of the charity, I've read several estimates on the number of people with dementia and how many people are expected to live with a form of dementia over the coming years. And what I found quite shocking or interesting is that these rates vary. Can you tell me how many people in the UK are diagnosed with a form of dementia? And is there a tsunami on the way? So no one exactly knows the rates. So firstly, don't beat yourself up about not quite being able to work that out because um, we don't have, in cancer, there's something called the cancer registry where everyone that gets cancer gets recorded uh, in the system. Whereas in dementia, we don't have that. So we don't actually know and we have a a very peculiar way of estimating it. But the estimate is that there's 900,000 people with a diagnosis in the UK. So we know that there's 900,000 people who've been through that process and been told they've got dementia. What we don't know is how many people are living with symptoms of dementia Mm. is there a tsunami on the way yes there is this is the uk's biggest health issue um it's the uk's biggest killer it's the seventh biggest killer in the world and it is the only one of the top 10 killer diseases in the world that has no treatment and no disease modifying cure so there is nothing that can at the moment either treat or slow down or modify or cure Uh, any of the diseases that create dementia Mm. so uh yeah we have got a huge tsunami on the way it's linked to an aging population although it's not only old people that get it Mm. Uh, i was talking to someone 41 this morning that's been diagnosed with dementia uh, an ex-professional rugby player Um, and so it can come at any time and as you rightly say dementia is the name for the symptoms that come from a whole range of different brain diseases that create those symptoms and and although we are Alzheimer's society we work with anybody that has got dementia for any reason Mm. and I mean this is shocking uh, to hear that and it is as you said a a big health concern what are you or the the Alzheimer's society doing to raise awareness and to to make any changes in this direction so that it doesn't become such a, a tsunami I guess So there's loads and loads of things going on, um, of course, and it won't surprise you that in order to find the kind of uh, golden cure for dementia, you can see now why that's quite hard because dementia itself isn't curable. You've got to cure the brain diseases that create it. So obviously we're very keen to support finding a cure for Alzheimer's disease because it's the most common um, reason that people get dementia symptoms. Um, What we're doing at Alzheimer's Society, we've got a new strategy and over the next five years, we are really working hard on everything to do with diagnosing Alzheimer's. So the first thing is that we know people are really confused about the symptoms um, of dementia. And we know from some research we did back in May that a lot of people, about 60% of people in the UK, think that losing your memory is an inevitable part of getting old. So when people, loved ones, have started to lose their memory, 
they haven't been to the doctors and got that kind of assessment and referral really early on and they'd left it on average about two years before they do that and think actually this is more than just losing their memory you know mum's putting tea bags straight into the kettle and, and making a cup of tea and a mug she's already put coffee granules in which is what my own mum did mm-hmm. um, and at that point start to think there's something way more going on than than memory loss so even something like memory loss isn't getting old it's getting ill Alzheimer's Society has been doing a huge amount of myth busting around this we need people to come forward and get a diagnosis as early as possible because although there's no treatment we can help people plan for the future we can help them understand what's going to happen and we can help them essentially and crucially do that while they're still well which is in those early years Uh, if people leave it two years ignoring signs and symptoms that's two years when we could have been helping them think through what might happen in future and getting them ready for that so that they really cope well once they get into those later stages which are really difficult because mm, it can be quite progressive can't it so you could go for a few years where you've got some you know minor symptoms but then it could be it could just speed up rapidly I saw that with my own nan and it was quite uh, I, I was really taken aback at how progressive it really was yeah uh, different brain diseases progress in different ways which is why again that diagnosis is really important so you need to know that you've got Alzheimer's for example which can have a slower and steadier deterioration uh, all dementia is sadly uh, terminal. It, it never gets any better. Uh, it is something that people with it will eventually die from. But that can be over very different periods of time. Something like vascular dementia, which is almost like the way I always think about it is it's like heart disease. Like we know about furring up of arteries, etc. Vascular dementia is a bit similar, but going on in the brain. Um, and vascular dementia, exactly like you said, happens can happen with your nan, can be really steady for a long time, no changes, and then bang, something happens, a really big step change in uh, ability to cope. And we've seen a lot of that, sadly, over the pandemic, over lockdown. We saw a lot of people who were keeping active, keeping up exercise, keeping their memory, you know, keeping up with lots of thinking, memory exercises lots of those people over lockdown no communication not talking regularly not stretching the brain not getting out not following routines taking those big step changes so uh yeah different brain diseases progress dementia in different ways which again is why that uh, getting that diagnosis early is absolutely vital. Mm. So I've read actually that diagnosis rates have plummeted to a five-year low, so averaging around 61%. It's thought that thousands of people are living with undiagnosed dementia. Why do you think this is the case? Why are we at a five-year low? So uh, it's all to do with the pandemic. It's the same as cancer diagnosis rates. It's to do with the fact that people didn't come forward over the pandemic that the memory assessment clinics where you get that diagnosis of Alzheimer's so your GP might tell you yeah you know you've got symptoms of dementia but you nearly need that referral to a memory assessment clinic where they'll tell you give you that brain scan and tell you what sort what what is causing your dementia and therefore how might we look at helping you and supporting you better um, that just wasn't happening those memory assessment clinics were often not working Bearing in mind, most people are over the age of 65, so a very vulnerable population anyway, who were kind of staying in. Um, And also, unfortunately, you know, a huge number of deaths, one in four people that died of COVID-19 during the first two years of the pandemic uh, had dementia. So Mm. we also know that just a really incredibly difficult time. 
Um, so we have challenged government. We reckon there's about 35,000 people in the UK with dementia symptoms that know something's wrong that haven't been able to get that diagnosis yet. And we want to get those diagnosis rates back up to about 70%. Uh, we'd like to see it way higher than that in the coming years. But for now, we, we really need to get that diagnosis rate up and it needs to be accurate and it needs to be timely. And just one really, not a silly example, an important example of why this is really key. Um, as we start to develop disease-modifying drugs, which Alzheimer's Society is investing in all sorts of treatments and disease-modifying drugs in research that would help people once those symptoms start, so say something that could slow your symptoms down, it's no good getting them into people too late in their dementia diagnosis. You want people to feel really confident about coming forward as soon as they think something's wrong. So that when those drugs come online, they'll be getting them early and they'll be slowing those symptoms down from a really early stage. And people don't come forward for a diagnosis for all sorts of strange reasons. Um, obviously not strange to them, important to them. But I was chatting to a guy who lived in a rural community who didn't get his diagnosis because he was terrified to take his driving license off him. And mm. he said, I, I, where I live, I just wouldn't see anybody. I wouldn't be able to get out. I couldn't do my shopping. I couldn't do anything. So I didn't get a diagnosis until my family was absolutely in crisis. Um, whereas if we talked to him two years earlier, three years earlier, when he first started to get those symptoms, Alzheimer's Society could have worked with him and his family on looking at how we would start to build arrangements so that that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the fears and barriers that perhaps hold back? You've mentioned driving license. I know that my dad, all my, you know, he had a completely different condition, but didn't want to come forward with problems with his eyesight for exactly the same reason. So from, yeah, yeah what, what are some of the other fears and barriers that stop people coming forward? So there's lots of things around cultural sensitivity. So in some uh, South Asian communities, there's not even a word for dementia or the word that is used for dementia is the same word as madness. And, you know, so there's shame from people coming forward to for talking about um, that this is, you know, happened or this is happening. Sometimes families uh, from different types of communities with different um, cultural heritage might feel that, this is pretty inevitable and if we were a good family we could look after mom or dad or grandma and therefore coming forward for a diagnosis is somehow uh, identifying some sort of weakness in the family and of course you know that's not the case Alzheimer's Society works with all sorts of families all sorts of different backgrounds um, to make sure that that family can lift and support their loved one however they want. Some people think that they're going to get moved into residential care this, the first day that they get their diagnosis um, and that that's going to be absolutely horrific, incredibly expensive. People know from reading the papers that you can lose your house if you need social care. So, yeah, all sorts of different things um, that can put people off coming forward. A lot of people just think, I know there's no treatment for it, so what's the point? Mm. And sadly, we've also got a lot of GPs that think that. So we need to work to really improve that situation so that people aren't frightened, aren't embarrassed, come forward, get a diagnosis like you would for any other long-term condition. You'd do it if it was diabetes. Um, mm. You know, you'd do it if it was heart disease. You'd do it if you were having problems breathing, like with asthma. We need people coming forward early. Um, and also we've got huge, great pharmaceutical industries working on amazing drugs, but unless they get people coming forward early, we haven't even got people that could do drugs trials right. to test whether those drugs are working. Mm. So if nothing else, getting people to come forward early so that they can go into clinical trials and trials, some of these amazing drugs coming on board, really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and your charity campaigns and lobbies for change. Tell us about what change you want to see. What's the legacy that you want to leave? 
So I, the big issue for me is given that this is the UK's biggest killer, got 900,000 people affected by now, 1.6 million by 2040. There is very, very little interest in dementia. It's really complicated um, because there isn't any cure, there isn't any treatment, you tend to get a diagnosis and then you fall out of the health system. So unlike cancer, where you're probably going back every month for a checkup, with dementia, you don't need to do that. And so people fall out of the system. It tends to affect an older population, so not always able to kind of advocate for saying that we need more work in dementia. The NHS say these people aren't our problem and social care say, well, they've got a health condition that's making them ill, so why are there our problem? Um, so, yeah, for me, I think what we need to do is get dementia understood as a big priority in the UK. In the NHS, it sits under mental health. It isn't even recognised as a condition in its own right. It just sits under kind of mental health services. People with dementia have really, really poor experiences. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, it's always going to be tough. It's always going to be stretching for families um, even incredibly wealthy families have a terrible time with the dementia experience um, unless we can get that health and support in there early. So we want dementia accepted as a much bigger priority. Mm -hmm. We need to get those diagnosis rates back up. We need to think about proper investment in dementia research way more than charities just like mine can afford to invest. You know, the government needs to invest properly in dementia research. So there's so much more to be done. Mm, mm, it's a big challenge and a big task ahead for you, Kate. Um, and actually, before joining Alzheimer's Society, you were the chief executive of a large palliative care charity and previous to that, a long career at the British Red Cross. So I think it's fair to say that you have been in the charitable sector for quite a while um, and you've been change making for some time. So I'm really interested, you know, what motivates you? What, what drives you? Because clearly working on good causes is in your DNA. Yes, so I, I was at Red Cross for a long time, 16 years, uh, and then went on to, as you say, work in the hospice, work in the hospice, chief executive hospice group. And then I went to work in children's cancer as well before coming to Alzheimer's Society. Um, I just think that, uh, I don't know, there's something about me that feels really passionate about fighting for the underdog. Mm. I think for me, I truly believe, I, I absolutely believe in civil society. I think people who donate £5 a month to help a cause are the most incredible and amazing people ever. And I think they often don't realise just what they achieve just by making that small contribution. I just think mm. those people are, we talk lots about, you know, multi-billion pound donors, but actually people care deeply in this country and show in so many ways how much they care. And then we've got so many people struggling and it doesn't need to be that way. I think we could have a kinder and more compassionate society. There's so much more that can be done to help people living with dementia you know, children with cancer, which is where I worked previously, giving people a good death. So, yeah, I'm just absolutely passionate about um, picking the bones out of how we can make things better with what we've got uh, and keeping people motivated and feeling like even, you know, their small contribution every month, even if it's just you can afford to buy a copy of The Big Issue or you put a pound in a collecting tin or you volunteer for an hour a month in a charity shop just that is the backbone of society mm. it's what makes it worth living that sense that people care and I I always think you know I think if I my mom has dementia uh, she has end-stage Alzheimer's and and 
it's funny sometimes I look at her and I think about all those amazing donors for Alzheimer's Society and I think every single one of them cares about my mum and that's how we should all feel Um, I think the power of us to come together to change things is profound Mm -hmm. and I always have done and I absolutely love it I won't ever work anywhere else and the passion is just oozing out of you (laughs) which is fantastic and you've talked about there not being a cure and it's very much a disease that we have to live with but I understand that you are investing heavily in research and development especially in helping people to live better with dementia and you're launching an exciting prize so can you tell us a little bit about this? We've just funded 45 new early careers researchers, which is really, really Mm. exciting in Mm. lots of new areas, lots of work in technology, looking at artificial intelligence. We've just launched something called the Longitude Prize, which is really exciting. Um, Can we, because we don't know the answer to this question, but it has to be out there somewhere. Can we use artificial intelligence and machine learning to compensate for someone's cognitive decline. We're putting that prize out, launching it in September, or as we've launched it, but asking for applications in September throughout globally, a four and a half million pound prize, million pound for the winner that can work out how to get artificial intelligence to compensate for cognitive decline. Because if we could use that software and put it into everything from Alexa to self-driving cars, uh, we could revolutionise how you live with dementia now and, and forever. If you could build a house that had that built into the fabric of the house, you maybe never need to go into residential care. So it's wow. just the things we can do in future yeah. are amazingly exciting. So Alzheimer's Society is not sitting pretty. We have had very good support the last two years, but we, we're really ploughing it into some big projects to bring hope for the future so exciting and you know thinking about yeah technology and being innovative and you know how how you can support in the future and using technology this sounds really really exciting and little things as well so one of my favorite things at the moment is uh we've supported someone who's designed some socks and people with dementia wear the socks the socks is able the socks are able to measure things like uh hydration levels and whether someone's got raised blood pressure and whether they've had a fall and they those socks send the information directly to an app on their carer's phone so the socks <laughs> who would have thought everything. yeah who would have thought a pair socks of socks on, yeah. dementia socks on and your carer can go off to work wow we've just funded some support of a fire alarm that if it goes off it immediately texts and phones the carer Mm. so that the carer would know that the smoke alarm was going off with Mm. their person with dementia um, and can phone the person with dementia and talk them through what they need to do so you know even little things these aren't all amazing huge things they're just uh, amazing and they they make dementia really it is tough it's always going to be really tough but Mm. we need to make it doable Mm, they do sound amazing and as you said a lot of people want to remain independent for as long as possible and in their own home so how we can make that happen it, it is it's really got to be you know forefront of our minds isn't it as a priority yeah. yeah and we've got to work along that at the same time as we're investing in that finding that kind of cure for Alzheimer's particularly finding ways of uh slowing down the the uh kind of the 
progression of Alzheimer's. Mm. You've got to do that alongside accepting that dementia is going to be here for a long time. We won't cure dementia until we can cure every single one of those brain diseases that create it. And that's going to take us, unfortunately, a long time. Mm. So in the meantime, how do we make things better for people living with dementia? Mm, mm, Fantastic. Really good work there. I'm really excited to uh, see those socks, actually. So I'll be researching (laughs) that afterwards. from dementia-friendly socks to dementia-friendly communities. Alzheimer's Society has created a social action movement called Dementia Friends, which has grown to over 3 million dementia friends and created over 400 dementia-friendly communities. Can you tell us a little bit about Dementia Friends and this incredible movement? Yeah, we're doing some more work on Dementia Friends at the moment. It's having a bit of a refresh. It's a few years old now. Um, So Dementia Friends is a way that people can come along to Alzheimer's Society. You can look on our website for how you can find out you can do it online you can do it in groups we run it for sessions if you run something like a wise group you can book someone to come along and run a dementia friend session and it's a relatively short uh, session that just tells you the needs to know about dementia so uh yeah we don't go into too much complicated brain medicine but we do tell you about what to expect why it happens how you can avoid dementia because dementia is avoidable uh, all the same things as how you look after your heart good exercise Um, eating well, all those things we know keep the brain in good, healthy condition. So if it's good for the heart, it's good for the head. Um, So we just talk about dementia. We talk about how then in the terms of being dementia friendly, the things that people with dementia may need, how dementia declines. So what's um, a really good example that is from the Dementia Friends session is talking about dementia isn't when you have lost your car keys which I do on nearly a daily basis <laughs> I do dementia that is when you, yeah <laughs> dementia is when you pick up your car keys and think what do these do <laughs> like I'm not sure I've seen these before mm. um so just talking through people about what signs and symptoms are and what what they really are mm. um and and just how you can help and then um we talk about lots of ways that people can also know about Alzheimer's Society services so that if you meet someone in your town or village or your block flats that you think it's got dementia you can say hey you should find these people they've got a helpline and they're amazing on getting you sorted out um you can help with our campaigning work so we have people who we have a huge campaigning agenda and a register of people who help us lobby government when we're trying to make a big change um who absolutely were profoundly brilliant when we managed to get social care change last year um you know people can donate their stories about dementia which we love we use them for everything from fundraising to on talking point to help other people kind of connect and understand their own journey so there's so many ways people can get involved obviously volunteering people can donate um so dementia friends just a great big way of finding out all about dementia um and then our dementia friendly communities work is where we've got communities of people who for themselves decide to do lots of work and making their their community more friendly and that might be from thinking about the layout shops to how things are signposted to um a really good one that i heard last week was that there's been a change of bus stop in a, a relatively small village and the the uh parish council phoned our helpline to say how do we make sure the people with dementia that use this bus stop know that we've moved the bus stop what would be best practice around that how do we do that so Mm. we've been just doing some great work with this little parish council from Mm. this 
relatively small town that only has a bus once a week and they're really panicked that people won't know to get off the bus and on the bus in the same place so we've just been doing some work with them about best practice on that so you name it we can do it Mm. and is it great that a small parish council is thinking about that because that's the starting point isn't it it's not just doing it making that change and then thinking oh god oh you know what do I do um that you know they are starting to think about this hopefully before they change the bus stop or before they make those decisions they're thinking about people with dementia do you have any guidance on your website for people who might be running businesses organizations public facing that can have a look and find out what they could be doing to improve things in their environment yeah Yeah. loads and loads of information we've got specialist guides for different types of industries so there's guides for travel industries there's guide for banking there's guides for retail um yeah you name it there's lots of information on there for all sorts of different industries some are really simple things i mean a, a, quite a famous one don't have black doormats because some people with certain types of dementia perceive that as being a hole wow and will be very frightened to come in and um mirrored lifts is the other one where sometimes oh. when the lift doors open and you look in and you can see lots of people you can't look out it's a mirror so you don't get in the lift oh. you think the lift's full right just some really simple mm. things that that just like little things really good signs um mm. you know and and uh you know just think of it for yourself next time you go uh, this i do this all the time it's really fascinating and i do bore my boyfriend to death a bit but next time you're in a pub sit at the chair and work out if you could work out how to get to the toilet when you get to the toilet work out if you could work out how to get back and see how few toilets in pubs are properly signposted <laughs> right it's crazy we'll do that so you know and all that <laughs> mm. is take what what i think we forget is all that takes away someone's independence of doing something they've been used to for years mm. so if you loved going to your local for a beer and that's the thing you've done every single friday night and suddenly now your local starting to become quite a strange place mm. and you know what happens is sadly lots of people stop going and become very isolated Mm, and that is such a shame because actually we need people to you know be within the community and be supported by the wider community don't we absolutely yeah oh well Kate thank you so much um for your time today I just wanted to finish on uh memory walks actually because um yeah quite we're a small team actually we're only a team of 18 but there's five of us with relatives that have Alzheimer's or type of dementia uh so we as a team are going to be doing the memory walk how important are the memory walks to Alzheimer's society well can I just say you'll have the best time because they're absolutely brilliant I went on so I joined Alzheimer's society in March 2020 and of course for for really the most of the time I've been there the memory walks didn't run at all in the first year and there was only a couple running the second year so I just managed to get to one uh, in Sutton Caulfield last year and it was the absolute best they're a brilliant atmosphere everybody's walking for somebody everybody's got shared experience so yeah absolutely fantastic really important to us a huge source of fundraising for Alzheimer's Society actually and um, a lot of our local service delivery is delivered on the back of the income from memory walks um, so they're just the best fun and you can take your dog on them. And Brilliant. I took my dog and she had a, got an Alzheimer's Society dog lead and a bandana. And uh, we had such a good day. It was such good fun. It does sound like it's going to be great fun um, and an incredible way to raise money for a very worthwhile cause. I know we're, as a team, excited and really looking forward to our memory walk. Um, it's been absolutely brilliant chatting to you, Kate. Thank you so much again for joining me today. 
speak soon thank you if you enjoyed this week's episode then remember to subscribe to us wherever you're listening and always remember that you can check out our website at social-change.co.uk then head for the teacup in the top right hand corner to find out more about tea with the change makers 